Today is Saturday, February 2nd, 2013, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, today Our Lady gave a message for the world. This is the day that Our Lady has asked us to pray for non-believers, and through the course of her apparitions in Medjugorje, she has revealed that when she speaks about non-believers, that she's speaking about all of those who do not know the love of God. In particular, she's speaking to her children, and a friend of Medjugorje has been echoing this for many, many years. And uh, just recently, Our Lady spoke about this just a few years ago. Uh, Our Lady's children are the non-believers. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer, asking Our Lady to reveal your heart and every amount of unbelief that is within that heart as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. We, of course, always anticipate these two points in the month, especially the 25th message to the world. That began January 25th, 1987. Never would we have imagined that to this day, this month, that they would be continuing. Nor could we have foreseen that what Mariana lost in her daily apparitions and having only a once a month, or rather once a year apparition on March 18th, that she would resume her apparitions on the second of each month in the state of Oregon, with an interlocution, actually an apparition. She had started just preceding before that, when she got married years ago, with interlocutions. And that they've become so big there in, in them themselves. And so today we have the February 2nd, 25th message, or rather second, February 2nd, first of the month message for non-believers. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's February 2, 2013 message given to Mariana on the Day for Nonbelievers. Dear children, love is bringing me to you, the love which I desire to teach you also, real love, the love which my son showed you when he died on the cross out of love for you, the love which is always ready to forgive and to ask for forgiveness. How great is your love! My motherly heart is sorrowful as it searches for love in your hearts. You are not ready to submit your will to God's will out of love. You cannot help me to have those who have not come to know God's love to come to know it 
because you do not have real love. Consecrate your hearts to me, and I will lead you. I will teach you to forgive, to love your enemies, and to live according to my Son. Do not be afraid for yourselves. In afflictions, my Son does not forget those who love. I will be beside you. I will implore the Heavenly Father for the light of eternal truth and love to illuminate you. Pray for your shepherds so that through your fasting and prayer they can lead you in love. Thank you. And what we all wonder looking at this message is its length. A very long message. And in fact, it took quite a long time to translate it because parts of it was difficult to translate. And in the beginning days or the midway through the apparitions, by the time we hit the 90s, there was a lot of mockery of her lady that she has nothing better to do to come and just be a chatterbox. How sad is it for those who are out there, the Gamiels, those who necessarily doesn't believe but don't really believe too much into it, that this is insignificant. And yet in this message today, our lady says the word love 15 times. If you were to tell me, our lady's going to give a message with love in it 15 times, I would thought, that's a difficult time, way to say that. How's she going to, what is she going to say, love, love, love? And yet, every word, love, is placed at the exact moment at the right place to evoke the meaning and the profoundness of what she's saying. I was shocked at how much this message means for us, for now, for what's happened in the past, and for the future. There's a lot of ground covered in this as I begin writing before daylight this morning. A lot of avenues you could have gone down. But the basic one, a fundamental one, is that we have not done the will of God. We've not submitted to that. In other words, we've not put God in the first place. And when society does that through individuals who make up that society, you get more and more lost. None of us have not had or lack the experience of turning down the road, wrong road and continue down this long rural road someplace thinking you're going to find something or another service station. Who's not been in that position? Just around the bend, perhaps there'll be another service station only to be getting close to empty. We've all been there and done that. And you go further and further out of the way where you could have gone the other way, but it wasn't on the path that you wanted to go in the direction. That had you turn around, you'd already be with a full tank of gas on your way where you're supposed to be going. Or even just getting lost, if you've experienced that in the woods. Or in a car or lost someplace. Once you start on the wrong path, the tendency is to continue going. It's very difficult to, to see where you are or learn how you are. You look up at the maps. And we're that way in our world culture right now. We ourselves are, are completely lost as a society, and as a world. The way we walk is always looking for the answers. We're looking at the map. We're trying to find it. Our politicians are trying to come up with the answers. And they're so dark in that they purposely are going down the road where there's no fill-up to be had. 
We're going to run empty. We're going to bankrupt. We're morally bankrupt. And so the map we have is bad because we're not using a biblical worldview map. We're not using a message worldview map. We're looking at a political worldview map. We're looking at answers to the world and how it operates world map. And we're becoming more and more lost. It's just like a wheel. The world spins and it doesn't stop. We've got things coming at us down the road as we travel that we're going to be shocked at what we see. I was once on a plane with the Delta executive right before the right after the crash. I asked him how did they how is the Delta going to fare through this? He said, "Well, you know, we just went through bankruptcy a, a couple of years ago, got on the verge of it, and we're ahead of the curve." He was telling me some things that was pretty smart about how they're downsizing according to the passengers they have and they would stay according to the dictates of the numbers of people flying. Instead of flying empty planes, they'd just cut back, even cut back flights. So he masterminded this plan, but his whole thing was to be ahead of the curve. Delta's there. And so it is. We have to look at the same way. Why would you want to be ahead of the curve? Because in the curves are things you can't see beyond where you're headed. And sometimes there's rocks that have fallen into the road. If you've ever been to Medjugorje, you see these all the time. they got chain-link fence-type wiring halfway up huge mountains to keep the rocks and boulders from falling in the road because when you go on curve, you hit the rock or the boulder as big as a car and you're dead or injured. And so we don't know what's ahead of the curve. But one thing we can see is the signs of the time that something is coming. And the earth is like a big wheel. It spins... And it's our job through Our Lady, who she comes with us with the messages, to give the ability to see around the curve. Follow my messages today. Do what I'm telling you here. And there's some ahead of the curve things in this message. Do not be afraid for yourselves. She didn't say just do not be afraid. She said do not be afraid for yourselves. What does that mean? There's something ahead of us in the curve that's coming down. And our job is to pray. Our job is to fast. And we might be able to discern those dangers that's going to crush us or crash us. But there again, we may need to be grounded down to powder. Down to be made new. God has, God has a way in His tribulations to crush us, to purify us, to cleanse us. And that's what David said, Make of me a new heart, Lord, white as snow. Love goes out, out like a light, out like a flame. And you can't find it anymore Just when you think it's lost in the rain It comes back knocking at your door It's the wheel of the world Turning around It's the wheel 
to ask um, something that is more about the form of the message than this actual words that Our Lady gave today, but it seems for quite some time now that Mariana's messages are getting longer and longer, and Maria's messages seem to be getting shorter. Not that there's a less of importance on one or the other, but everything Our Lady does, you say, has a purpose, has meaning. And um, 
I know Our Lady once said that she dearly wished that she could speak more about the secrets, about to warn us of what's coming, but that the Almighty has said that that we know enough for um, His purposes, and yet it seems that Our Lady is getting or winning more graces in more words that she's being able to express to us. Um, and so I'd just like to for you to comment about that. Well, Our Lady's message is in saying that there's not one more important than the other is accurate, but is inaccurate in the sense that the 25th message is a foundation message is for believers. And like the sun is always only on her, half the earth, and the other half of the earth is always in darkness, you've got two sides. And so we have the first foundational message, which is the 25th, and then a lady comes along with the message day for non-believers. She's covering both sides of the, the spectrum. But where is believers and non-believers? We're all mixed up together. And so there's a, there's a sifting taking place, just like the, with the, the gumno in Medjugorje, the gumnos of the families, where they sift out the chaff of the wheat through the wind, casting it through the wind. The wind carries away the chaff. And so we're in a time of separation because everything's been in a gray zone. This gray zone can't exist for the future time Our Lady brings us in. you got to be either there or over there. you got to be on the dark side of the earth or on the light. The earth is always that way in darkness and always in light. But there's a pretty clean line. It may be a little gray when the sun's coming up, just before twilight, in the evening, or in the sunrise at dawn. But there's a distinct mark of darkness to light. And it's an incredible thing, because when we're in the field, we often see, most of the year, the dawn breaking. And if we don't see the dawn breaking, we're in the dark. We still leave the field almost in the dark right now, but it's getting more light more light now. But it's generally still dark. But one thing is real interesting. Right before the dark starts breaking up, 45 minutes or so before, wind always comes through. And it's a fascinating thing. I sit out there and meditate and think about this. It'd be still as anything could be, quiet, no wind blowing. And you get... Probably around 540, 545, 10 to, 10 to uh, 6, rather. And a hefty wind blows up, some gust. And it's that turmoil following the light all the way across the earth as darkness is going to vanish. And it's, a, it's an amazing phenomenon just from the light and the dark and that exchange. And that Our Lady says, I come with the wind. I come in the wind. That's my sign. Jesus' sign is a cross, but mine's the wind. When you hear the wind, you know that I'm there. And so at that point, she's chasing away the darkness and bringing us into the light. And it'll always, after this wind in the mornings, we followed soon after with light. And so the 25th message and the second message, message is approaching two different sides. Now, what do we say about the people who have the 25th message? And we see now they addressing us, the believers in the second month message, is to go into our non-belief, pierce into our hearts and those aspects of our life that we didn't even realize that we're atheistic in. 
because we've been so touched by the culture, so touched by Satan's ways and his darkness that we didn't know we were walking in darkness. And so our lady's coming here to search us today, February 2nd, for non-believers, which this affects me and you. My motherly heart is sorrowful as it searches for love in your hearts. It's not there. And she's not just talking to non-believers, because, and she, but she is talking about non-belief in me, non-belief in you. Because later she says, you cannot help me. Remember, this is for non-believers. But now she's addressing to us who's following her. You cannot help me to, ha- to have those who have not come to know God's love to come to know it because you do not have real love. Amazing, because we have non-belief. We have aspects of atheism in us without recognizing. And once we find that and see that, we've got to bring that to the light. The wind has come blowing this stuff away just like the chaff to leave pure wheat, fresh. And so it is just as sorrowful because we're not searching. Our own hearts as our lady's searching. She's after us. She's not going to let go of us. And there's something really beautiful in this message, and you struck on something very important when you said it, which is form. This message has form. And we'll touch some of those things throughout the rest of the show. Do we as Christians lead the world, or are we being led by the world? Compromise has infected the Christian value system. We are called by Our Lady to change our life, and through that, to change others through our witness to the light. In today's world of technology and traffic jams, it can be difficult to understand how to live biblically. As go God's people, so goes the world. A remarkable writing that will open your eyes to Our Lady's plans to free us from the bondage of things and help us to understand that peace can only be found in a society where love reigns and God is acknowledged. As go God's people, so goes the world. Available on medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com. And click on Medjmart. Or call in the U.S. 205-672-2000. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Our lady has told us to have a heart full of love. And yet Our Lady has told us also that the greatest sacrifice is love. Our Lady has told us, you know human love, but not God's love. And so for Our Lady to say 15 times in this message about love, we usually gravitate toward that. No, she's talking about love, just like we see peace, peace, peace. But the fact that she's mentioned it so many times, and I wouldn't even say in a repetitious way. I'd say in a form that each time this word word is used, that it has profound meaning. 
Love is bringing me to you. Who is love? God. The love which I desire to teach you also. Real love. Because it is she who is love for the earth today. The love, a third love, which my son showed when he died on the cross. So he showed that. Why? Because she says, out of love for you. And then the other love, the fifth love, the love which is always ready to forgive and to ask for forgiveness. The love of forgiveness. And then the question, how great is your love? Miscule. Or is it there? Is it real? Is it oppressive? Is it possessive? My mother, your heart is sorrowful as it reaches, or rather as, as it searches for love in your hearts. Can she find it? Don't think that she's figuratively saying something to get our attention. If she says, my mother, your heart is sorrowful as it searches for love, think about Mariana when she says, if you just saw a lady cry one tear, you would never, ever want to sin again. Of course, we as humans are weak, and we do. But the fact that we meditate on that and look at that makes us stronger. Submit your will to God's will out of love. It is love to do God's will. If you do God's will, you'll be living in love. And that way you can help her, and I'm paraphrasing this, to know God's love, or rather to help others to know God's love. But if you don't have real love, you can't do that. She's relaying to us. Consecrate your hearts to me. And this is the other form of the message. She wants us to reach non-believers by us forgiving by us loving our enemies. By us that we will continue to love in our afflictions. I once was in Medjugorje. And we stopped at this place just outside Medjugorje because it had some things we wanted to buy for one of our cab a cabin there. <coughs> Made out of wood. It was on the right side of the road. We pulled off and this lady saw that we were Americans. And we were talking to her and she said, Oh, please. Please, there's a house over here. Would you go see this old woman? She's dying. We didn't know her from Adam. We didn't know what she wanted us to go for. She says, just being American would mean so much to her. And they said, she relayed to us that her, her children won't come see her. I asked her how old was. She said she was in her 80s. I really didn't have time to go up there, but she was so... Strong, and I, I remember it in my beginning days when I went to visit somebody in Mostar because I had to go do some legal work there for ABC Cruise. I'm not getting a permit, so they couldn't go there. And um, I went into a woman's house who husband worked with the Americans during World War II, and it was just like I was a king. It was such royalty and a royal treatment to walk in her house. I was the first American I had ever entered her house. Remember, this is still communist days. I I didn't know that's what it meant to be an American. I didn't realize the respect people had and how they 
they they didn't want to wash what you even touched or your, your the coffee cup or teacup they gave you. This woman, very dignified. And I went there because the guide had been working with us, and she just begged me, "Would you, when we go there to translate, can we just stop on the way at my mother's house?" And she said she'd always remember this. So years later, when it was a communist, and this woman was asking, "Would you please go see this woman?" I reluctantly went. There was a couple of us went up there. We went to the house, and she was dressed, and she was kind of halfway laying on her bed. The bed was made up. She had a big sore on her head where she had fallen. She had a big bandage on it. Flies were in the house. It was clean otherwise. But I saw this old woman, and she just when she was just looking at us, and then the translator, the woman came with us translating. She found it was Americans. She just lit up. She was like uh, us adopting her as her son. It was like she could see something like an apparition with her lady. It was that big a deal for her. And here I was, shamed, because I didn't even want to spend the time to do that, how much that would mean to her. Her children won't come see her. She's a burden to them. And I could see in her eyes that this trip or this little visit of ours meant everything to her. And how many people are our lady talking about who may not even be believers because there's a lot of communists there that are older. I don't know what her past was. I know her her family wasn't coming to see her. Did they have retribution against her because of the past? I don't know. But one thing I do know is she looked at us, and she looked at me particularly because the American, as something of great value for her her well-being as she's approaching death. And so all he wants us to reach out with love, no matter who they are, your friends or your enemies. You don't know what kind of impact you can have on somebody and how badly they need that visit. I worked down at Ashbury Hill Minimum wage, but it pays the bills Cleaning floors and leading hymns on Sunday Catherine Davis, room 303 Sweetest soul we ever could meet I bring her morning coffee every day She calls me Raymond She thinks I'm her son Tells me get washed up for supper Before your daddy gets home She goes on about the weather How she can't believe it's already 1943 She calls me Raymond And that's alright by me Talks about clothes on the line of the summer air Christmas morning and Thanksgiving prayer And stories of a family that I never had Well sometimes I find myself wishing I'd been there When she calls me Raymond She thinks I'm her son Tell me get washed up for supper Before your 
she calls me Raymond She thinks I'm her son Tells me get washed up or something Before your daddy gets home She goes on about the weather How she can't believe it's already 1943 She calls me Raymond That's alright by me She calls me Raymond That's alright by me Our lady says to us that she wants us to consecrate our hearts to her and that she will lead us if we do that. And then she gives us a list of what she's going to do. She's going to teach us how to forgive. She's going to show us how to love our enemies. She's going to show us how to live according to her son, which means, of course, how to embrace our cross. Then she says, do not be afraid for yourselves. And then lastly, she says, in afflictions, my son does not forget those who love. So what do you think she's saying in all of that? Well, it's part of the beauty of this form of, the, of this message. The form is, before this, is preceding about getting us ready, trained, what we have to have, we have to be submitting our will to God's love, or His will, rather, out of love. And then she flips from that position for those who have not come to know God's love. That through us they'll know it. And what we're going to best display for this to them is when we're in front of them. When they're afflicting us. When you're going to be afraid for your very being. Because you're going to see these people your enemies. There's a growing sentiment in this country and around the world. For those who are on the right, those who are, are Christian, are a problem. They're like the Tutsis in Rwanda. This is a Rwanda message. That's why our lady let Wanda, the, the image, as you read in the, the first shot, be seen to Ivanka. It's a foretelling of what's coming to the world. And these people, the Tutsis, who were slaughtered, seven, per, seven people per minute for a hundred days, an average, really knows what it means to forgive for those who have. Some of them may not still be able to forgive what happened in 1993. But our lady wants our hearts, she wants us to love, and she says, my son does not forget those who love. Who are they? Those in affliction. Those who are afraid for themselves. He'll be there. Do not be afraid for yourself. It's the scriptures that says, 
when they haul you before assembly, don't worry what you're to say. The Holy Spirit will give you what to tell and speak. And they won't even hurt a hair on your head even if they kill you. That's comforting. But those people in Rwanda who were praying felt the presence of God, felt the presence of Jesus. And some some of those were able to be martyred in that name and felt the presence and they weren't harmed, even though they were mutilated, machetted to death. And affliction, my son, does not forget those who love. Love is going to get you through this. And what does she say to that? I will be beside you. You don't think in your affliction she's not going to be standing there? Holy martyrs died witnessing. I am a Christian, Our Lady says. And in fact, Our Lady is the first Christian, the first martyr for the Christian faith. Outside of Jesus. I will implore the Heavenly Father for the light of eternal truth and love to illuminate you. So this whole next form is about the non-believer in regards to what they will do to us. And this is growing. We just got something from the counter of West, West Point countering um, terrorism a whole document that was sent to us about an inch thick, scary stuff about how the far right, which classifies Christians in that, are really a very dangerous people. You wouldn't believe this book that the government's putting out. And it's really a hootsie-tootsie thing. I'm not saying this mocking. That's the people, hootsie of Rwanda, who massacred the Tutsi people and genocide. And you say in there that the, or rather in the document says that they will react because they're also anti-federalist and they're against the government. Why? Well, we know it's danger for the government to be grown like it is. These messages have a real deep form to them. And our only path to survive this and make it through that is love. But what are we? How are we affected by these things? We're scarred. We're scarred in a big way. We've got wounded hearts. And what our lady wants from us is to build a bridge. And she wants that bridge to reach non-believers and also us as non-believers. So she's come to us year after year to reach us. And once she gets us to love, once she gets us to witness, once she sees a lot, which, which actually one of the martyrs in Rwanda who was killed went down for Jesus Christ. Later was confronted, broke down crying about how he killed this guy. And yet, well, who's professing? The blood of the martyrs were the seeds for the next conversions. And so, through us, whether it be through our blood, through our witness and our blood, or through just through our witness, Our Lady wants to reach non-believers. Great is the God of the Christians. They're not ashamed to die for their beliefs. 
But we've been living so fast, we've been running from our past, that we're all scarred. But Lady can deal with that. She can help us. And she wants to help us. But only if we can say yes to that. was living hard and fast Running from my past On the day that I ran into you Life had taken its toll I was staggered by I'd been through all I could go through There were scars on my heart Where love had left its mark Wounds that I still carry from the fall But your love built a bridge Where I put up a wall And you loved me Scars and all
in the book of Azera. It said, They set the altar in its place, for fear was upon them and the peoples of their lands. When Our Lady first came to Medjugorje, people were shaken in their very foundations of their being that how would this little village, this little really podunk place at the end of nowhere between the mountains with really no outlet, the end of the road would have the Mother of God to visit them. And they quickly moved from the fear of the communists to the fear of the Lord. To live under communism is a frightful thing. You, everything you see, hear, and do has an effect on what they can do or haul you to prison or whatever. Once I just said something about Fatima, about Russia's conversion, on Maria's front porch to the people I was talking to, and she came in the house, she said, I'm going to see you in jail. I couldn't believe it. This was in 1987. Things had loosened up a lot. She says, there's always people in the crowds. And so they lived in this fear for years. But something bigger than that fear of the communism came that gave them fear. And it was fear of the Lord. Our Lady came. We should have a healthy fear, not frightened, but in awe, the awesomeness of where we sit and what we're in the midst of. That God himself, through me, Our Lady says, has come to bring us love. We live so fast, we run so, so hard, that it's difficult for us to really let the moment we live sink into us and to even be healed by our scars or from our scars. And so it is Our Lady's coming to us in a strong way to show us that those beginning days is in Medjugorje when everybody had the fear of God, and they don't have it now. You know, 31 years of daily apparitions bring a normalization and a loss of the fear and the awesomeness of God. There's sin in the village. There's things that happen shouldn't be happening. But we know that the secrets, when they're released, the three, the first two, have something to do with Medjugorje. Is it going to be a purification? Somewhat, I'm sure it might be. Something to do with that. It will be first for Medjugorje because it needs purification. We often enter the spiritual life and people have to go through purification. Our Lady's saying, pray for the shepherds constantly. Every month on the second of the month. Why did she do this on the 25th? Why is she doing it on the day of non-believers? Pray for the shepherds that they may through love lead you, as she said today. Her exact words, pray for your shepherds so that through your fasting and prayer, they can lead you in love. It's for the future, I believe. She's going to bring the shepherds around in a profound way. Many shepherds are saying they believe they'll go to jail. And they fired the first shot. We quote one shepherd who said that he will die in his bed. His predecessor will die in jail. And his predecessor will die in the public square. I believe he's correct. I think his timing's off. 
We're there, people. It's here. It's in this message today. The form of get ready. He died out of, on the cross out of love for you. You've got to be able to forgive, to love. And you've got to ask forgiveness for what you've done. I want this love in your heart. I'm searching. I don't see it. Where is it? Submit to the will of God out of love. Please, children, do this. You can't help me. That other people will come to know the love of God because you don't have real love in you. I want to lead you to show you and to teach you to forgive. Forgive who? Your enemies. How? How my son did it, according to my son. And through this trial, this tribulation, or whatever it's to be, don't be afraid for yourselves. Because in affliction, my son won't forget you if you love. And I'll be beside you, just like I was Stephen, the first martyr. I implore the Heavenly Father to give you the light of eternal truth and the love to illuminate, uh, illuminate you. This is God come back time. This is fear of God time. What will be the last thing you will do? What's going to be the last thing you said? How many people have died and didn't say what they needed to say? Will your last actions and your afflictions convert people? There was a little girl in Louisiana who played tricks on her dad a lot. She told her mother and dad that she was going to spend the night with a friend. Instead, she went in a closet upstairs to hide, to scare him. And she was making noises. Her mom and dad came in to go upstairs. She's making noises in the closet. And the last words her dad heard was, I love you. Why did she say that? Because he pulled a gun out and shot through the door and shot her in the neck. And she knew that he could never forgive himself. That he would never be whole. He would never be able to get over this unless she said the right things. And she said, I love you, and she died. The last thing she did changed the whole course of what it could have happened had she not said it. He hung up the phone without saying goodbye Kept his eyes on the road and his fist clenched tight It was all over something, it didn't matter at all But he just had to tell her that she was wrong Then a car swerved his life flashed right before his eyes As he slammed on those brakes, a voice whispered inside If the last thing you did was the last thing you do 
If the last word you said was the last breath you drew Would you be okay with the way they remember you? If the last thing you did was the last thing you do Caught his breath, thank God he was alive Then a thousand regrets ran through his mind Like a son's baseball game that he missed last night All those times he worked late, now he wondered why Oh, leaving this morning with no goodbye kiss He sat there trembling, thinking what if the last thing you did was the last thing you do If the last word you said Was the last breath you drew Would you be okay with the way they remember you? If the last thing you did Was the last thing you do He pulled his car on the shoulder Watched a tear as he picked that phone up Then he told her how much that he loved her Now he can't say it enough If the last thing you did was the last thing you do If the last word you said was the last breath you drew Okay with the way they remember you If the last thing you did If the last thing you did If the last thing you did Was the last thing you did The last thing the little girl did was say the only three words that she could have said so that her dad would be able to somewhere down the road forgive herself. How inspired, how beautiful, yet how tragic. What awaits us? Our Lady said today, Consecrate your hearts to me and I will lead you. I will teach you to forgive even yourself what you've done, as this father accidentally did. But once you consecrate yourself to Our Lady, you cannot get away from her. As for me and as I know for you, if you had an encounter, you can't escape her. I tried to go back to my business. She chased me. A consecration to her means that wherever you go, you go in her way. She'll guide you toward that. 
She told us that today. She will not set you free. Even if you run and hide, you can't block her away a life. You'll not be able to get away from her. You will not be able to get her off your mind. You can't get her, her messages off your mind. There's no escape once you consecrate yourself to her. Walk around the block To try to get you off my mind I turn the corner, look who's there Just like I remember Pretty as a picture And I was just beginning not to care Standing in the rain, I stopped to stare Cause everywhere I go, you're going my way In the dark of night, in the light of day I can't run and I can't hide There just ain't no place Cause everywhere I go Sitting at the table, I sense you behind me Even though I know you're not really here I feel my eyes well up in tears Oh, I can't make a memory disappear Cause everywhere I go You're going my way In the dark of night In the light of day I can't run and I can't hide there just ain't no place Cause everywhere I go You're going my way I can learn to live without you I wouldn't even dream about you If you'd only set me free But everywhere I Get you off my mind. Oh, Mary, never set us free. You own us through consecration 
And even when we grow weak and we leave you, pursue us. Go our way and bring us to your Son. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night.